Welcome back. Glad to have you. And Bill Michael's show, we're on the air, and uh, hour number two of the program on this cold, cold day. Sunny, but cold uh, here throughout the state of Wisconsin. It hasn't sunk in that the Packers are no longer in the postseason. Uh, you heard the, uh, we'll hear more from Matt LaFleur coming up at the program, uh, but the uh, end of season press conference yesterday where he uh, thanked the fans, apologized to the fans, apologized to the media and such um, for not getting further into the postseason after what happened and what we saw happen on Saturday night. Joining us now uh, on the hotline, our buddy Mark Schofield, NFL Wire. You can find himself uh, over there at Mark Schofield on Twitter. Joining us on the hotline, Mark, how you doing? I'm doing well, Bill. It's great to be back. I wish it was under different circumstances uh, after what happened Saturday, but always happy to come on. Uh, Are you as shocked as we are that the Packers are not there? I'm stunned. I mean, I'm stunned. I remember how our last conversation ended. I I think the question you sort of teed up was, you know, can Aaron Rodgers make a good playoff run here? And I made the case that, yeah, he's going to have a great postseason. They're going to run you know, through this game, get to an NFC Championship game, potentially against Tom Brady. Got that one wrong, too. Um, so I, I'm, I'm just as stunned as, as everybody else is, especially when, you know, on the defensive side of the ball, you really sort of limit what San Francisco does offensively. Uh, you, you get the turnover from Garoppolo near the end of the first half when it looks like the 49ers are sort of getting something going, and it sort of plays out the script that way. But then special teams miscues, then – you know, an ineffective passing game at times. It's not how you would have expected this to go. So, yeah, I'm just as stunned as everybody else is that this turned out the way it did. So looking at uh, now the final four, and and we've gone through the Packers' uh, failures in, in numerous ways, but looking at the final four, uh, do you think the weakest team is either Cincinnati or is it San Francisco at this point? It's, it's interesting. I, I think... There's a number of ways you can make the case of the weakest team in Cincinnati uh, because, you know, it's one thing when you give up nine sacks and you're playing against the Tennessee Titans offense that uh, at times was struggling on their own end. Uh, Derrick Henry, it was great to see him back, but I think he wasn't quite the same player that he was before the injury. I think he didn't have the sort of speed and pop and burst that we used to seeing from him. Um, Ryan Tannehill with the three interceptions, that passing game certainly struggled. Do you have nine sacks against Kansas City? If you get Patrick Mahomes an extra possession or two on a short field or something like that, you're going to be in trouble. Whereas you look at the 49ers, and while, yes, their offense hasn't been great in the postseason, and there are certainly questions about Jimmy Garoppolo, 49ers have beaten the Rams twice this year. And say what you want about, say, quarterback wins, whether quarterback wins are a stat or not. I, I certainly not a huge believer in quarterback wins. But for some reason, Garoppolo is now 6-0 against the Rams in his career. And I think part of that is how quickly he gets the football out of his hands. And I think this year his time to throw was 2.55 seconds, which was seventh fastest in the league. But in the two games against the Rams, Bill, it was 2.33 seconds from snap to throw. You think about the Rams, you think about, you know, Vaughn Miller, Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, the pressure they can get. Well, if the ball's already out, you can't get home. And so you look at those two teams and how they match up in these games. I think Cincinnati is probably the weaker of the four. I, uh, I first of all, Cincinnati. There, you know, it was funny because I saw a meme going around that Joe Burrow was watching the games on Sunday from uh, you know in traction in a hospital somewhere for as many times as he got right. beat up because that offensive line is absolutely uh, pathetic. 
But uh, I, I, I've said for a while now, when I look at the scheming coaches that are left, uh, I don't know how Zach Taylor has done it. I, I'm not a big fan of Zach Taylor uh, for some of the things that they've done. But I, I really think Shanahan's a quality coach. McVay, obviously, a quality coach and, and on through. But when you look at what Cincinnati has, defensively they're okay, but it really is just Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon and Jamar Chase. That's it. I mean, they don't have a ton of weaponry, I mean, but they figure it out, which is amazing. Yeah, and I think really it's Burrow figures it out. I, I think – you know, there's a mindset within that offensive structure, that offensive philosophy that we're going to spread things out. And whether they're, you know, sending four, five, six, eight after Burrow, he's going to figure it out. He's either going to get the ball out quickly to Jamar Chase on a, on a back shoulder throw. He's going to make somebody miss. He's going to make a free runner miss. You know, he's going to find a way to get things right, get us right after the snap, regardless of the look we're seeing from the defense. And, you know, Burrow is, is a fantastic quarterback talent, and I think he's already shown in just now his first full season because he got hurt last year, you know, what he can be in the National Football League. But that is a lot to ask of a quarterback, and it's a lot to ask of a quarterback when you might have to sort of go toe-to-toe with Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs offense and what they can do on the offensive side of the ball. And, you know, I think that's another point that you sort of raised there that we can't underestimate. This is a good defense. The Buffalo Bills were, by some metrics and stats, one of the best defenses in the league. And we saw what the Kansas City Chiefs were able to do against them in terms of putting points on the board. And so if this turns into a shootout, you know, if it turns into a situation where Burrow has to throw it 40, you know, 60, 65 times, and he's getting hit like he did last week, I can't see it ending well for Cincinnati. But, you know, Burrow is a fantastic talent. Chase is a fantastic talent. They have weapons on offense for sure. That defense is good. But that's a lot to ask for for a young team to go into Arrowhead to play that kind of game and come out winners. Um, the uh, fact that the Rams have been beaten by Shanahan now, what, six, seven times in a row, um, are they really kind of like up against the, up against it, McVay versus Shanahan because Shanahan's been able to out-scheme them? Or has it just been the fact that there's been injuries? I mean, I I find it hard to believe with the talent that they have that that the the Rams cannot get past the 49ers. Yeah, it's it's strange. I I do think a lot of it is, you know, and I think this is part of the reason why even with the injured thumb, Shanahan made the decision to start Garoppolo in that season finale when they needed to win to get it. It's the fact that for you know all his flaws as a quarterback and some of the misses that he has, Garoppolo's sort of superpower as a quarterback, the, the trait that he can sort of hand his hat on is how quick he gets the ball up. You know, when you're thinking about him versus Trey Lance, a rookie, as, as talented as Lance is, the ball is not going to come out as quick as it does when Garoppolo is under center. And that just neutralizes the strength of the Rams defense, which is what they can do up front in terms of generating pressure on opposing quarterbacks. If the ball is out in 2.3 seconds, Donald can't get home. Floyd, you know, can't get home. Miller can't get home. So I think that's certainly a part of it. Now, these are two coaches that know what the other wants to do. I mean, they're, they're time dating back to Washington. They're very familiar with each other. They know what each wants to do offensively. They know what each wants to do defensively, given the time that they spent playing against each other and what they've seen from each other on film. And so there are going to be no sort of secrets or surprises. I think that Garoppolo's quick release and the quick decision-making is part of what neutralizes what the Rams do. And then, look, when the Rams have the football, whether it's Goff, whether it's you know Matthew Stafford, one of the things the 49ers have been able to do against these Rams teams that 
offensively, they like to, you know, attack the middle of the field a little bit off of play action, you know, three-level flood concepts and things like that. They've been able to use some zone coverage schemes, some pattern matching stuff to take away those throws, whether it's Goff, whether it's Stafford, and sort of neutralize that offense in the passing game. And so it might just be one of those situations where, yes, the Rams are probably the better team, but in terms of a matchup for this game and how these teams play against each other and what these teams like to do and struggle against, the Niners might have an advantage. I, uh, I I look at the, the the 49ers defense and the front that they can put up against that that Rams offense, uh, it, it, but I also I look at Matthew Stafford and what he did in that game against Brady and the fact that we finally saw Matthew Stafford with a team around him that gave him that capability for him to be somewhat of, a, if you want to call it a hero. So I, I really look at Bosa, I look at Warner, I look at uh, you know the guys they have up front and getting after Matthew Stafford. Do you think the advantage there goes to the offensive line of the Rams or the front four of the 49ers? Yeah, I think, Bill, it goes to that defensive front for the 49ers. I think would you watch, you know, I just rewatched the, the two games from earlier this year between these two teams, and you see the ability of San Francisco defensively to take away where Stafford wants to go early in the down, which gives those guys up front a chance to get home later in the down. You know, they, they've been able to do that over the past couple of weeks and certainly against the Rams this year, using these zone coverage concepts. They've really been heavy zone in the past couple of weeks, particularly the divisional round uh, and even in wildcard weekend. They're able to take away initial reads from the quarterback, whether it's Prescott, whether it's Rodgers, whether it's, as I anticipate, Stafford, and then let those guys up front get home. And I think that's going to be critical to the Niners potentially winning this game. If that continues, if they continue to force Matthew Stafford to a second read, to a third read, to take away Cooper Cup and force him to go elsewhere with the football, that's certainly going to give those guys up front a chance to get home. And in terms of Cooper Cup, who is a tremendous talent, we just saw how the 49ers and Demeco Ryan, their defensive coordinator, was able to limit the damage from Devonta Adams this past week. Adams had 90 yards receiving and had some big plays, but it wasn't the kind of huge game. They used some brackets, some doubles. They put some safety help over the top and you know, really sort of forced Rodgers to have to try and look elsewhere. I'd expect to see some of that as well. You know, some safety help or some brackets or even some true doubles on Cup make Stafford go elsewhere with the football. You know, I, I think the Niners' defensive front and what they can do in the secondary tied together so well, and I think we're going to see that play out this weekend. So really it's kind of like uh, for as much as you're going to pay attention to Cooper Cup and Odo Beckham Jr., it's Van Jefferson is going to be the guy that if right. you're going to look to somebody to kind of step up, that's going to be the guy. And and he actually played really well against the uh, the Buccaneers uh, this past weekend. We saw him somewhat emerge. Yeah, I, I think that's exactly right, Bill. I mean, if you're Demeco Ryans, you're looking at, yeah, you want to take away Cup, and you certainly have to worry about Odell. You know, who's going to be the third guy to step up? But I think Van Jefferson certainly has that ability. And we saw him make some huge plays against the Buccaneers. We've seen him play some, make some big plays this year. And when you look at this 49ers secondary, you know, the talent on the outside with Mosley and with Josh Norman, where he is in his career, you know, it's not elite cornerback talent right now. And so if you've got safety help over Cup, if you've got somebody also helping um, underneath against Odell or backside against Odell, Jefferson might see as a result a lot of favorable or potentially favorable one-on-one matchups. If he could win those matchups, and if Stafford has time to get to him on those matchups, then the Rams will be in a position to make some big plays, even with Ryan's and the 49ers defense trying to take away his first two options. 
Uh, then getting back to the other side, uh, the AFC side, right now Patrick Mahomes playing at that Patrick Mahomes-type level. We talked about Joe Burrow. We talked about that uh, that Bengals offense. Can that Bengals defense slow down or defend all the different aspects that Patrick Mahomes is playing at right now, whether it's hitting Travis Kelsey or whether it's hitting, you know, uh, you know, Hardman or Tariq Hill or, you know, the guys that are kind of just showing up and being that, that big, the Pringle, for gosh sakes, being those Hardman uh, is the other one. I mean, looking at these guys and being those guys that are kind of the unsung heroes, but yet right now Patrick Mahomes is finding everybody. Yeah, and Bill, it's so hard because, you know, when you try to put yourself in the mind frame uh, of, you know, Lou Anaramo, the, the defensive coordinator, like what's going to keep you up at night? Everything's going to keep you up at night going into this game because you've got to worry about Hill. You've got to worry about Kelsey. You've got to worry about Hardman. You've got to worry about Pringle. I mean, like you said, Mahomes is finding everybody. You now certainly have to worry about what Mahomes can do with his legs. I mean, Mahomes had some huge runs in that game against Buffalo. And, I mean, just imagine a situation where it's third and eight. You've, got, you've somehow found a way to get all those guys covered and Mahomes scrambles for 10 yards in the first down, and, you know, you're back at it first and 10 again. That's a lot for a defense to handle. Now, look, they've made some plays this year. They've got some guys in the secondary that can cover. Eli Apple has played well. You know, Shadobi Awuzie has been a fantastic acquisition for them. Jesse Bates, he had some up-and-down moments earlier in this year, but, for example, you see that interception on the first play from Ryan Tannehill where he just reads his eyes perfectly. They've got some guys in the secondary that can play, but they've got a lot to deal with. And as we saw at the end of that game, as we've seen from the Chiefs in the past, you might slow them down for 55 minutes, but it's a 60-minute battle. And, you know, you might have hold them to, say, 10 points in the first 55 minutes, and they can hang 21 on you in the final five minutes of the game. I mean, that's how explosive they are. And so it's going to be difficult for Cincinnati to do it. They have players that can certainly give them a shot at it, but I don't see them being able to do it for all 60 minutes. Always great to talk to you. Who do you got in the uh, Super Bowl? Who are you picking? I sit here right now. I, I, I really like the 49ers. I think they seem to be this little team of destiny right now, and I think they match up really well with the Rams. And, you know, given everything we just talked about in that Bengals-Chiefs game, as impressed as I have been all year long with Joe Burrow, as talented as Jamar Chase is, I do think that Kansas City is going to be the team out of the AFC. Great stuff as always, Mark. Appreciate it. We'll talk again soon, okay? Sounds good, Bill. Thanks so much. Enjoy the games this weekend. Thanks, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. That's our buddy Mark Schofield. You can find him on NFL Wire, at Mark Schofield over on Twitter, and uh, some good stuff there, kind of breaking breaking down the matchups between the NFC and the AFC and then his pick for Super Bowl, obviously. Uh, we'll jump back into the mix uh, regarding what the Packers need to do with Aaron Rodgers. We can talk about that. And Eric Goodman from Mile High Sports going to join us coming up in about an hour and 10 minutes from now, hour and 15 minutes from now. And we'll talk with him about what the thought process is in uh, the possibility of the Denver Broncos, again, going heavy after Aaron Rodgers. I wanted to get his perspective on this because we were sitting here talking about it. I thought, you know what, we just need to get him on. So I texted him real quick. He said, sure. So about an hour and uh, 15 minutes from now, we'll get uh, Mark, or, excuse me, Eric Goodman on the program as well. Stay tuned. This portion of the program brought to you by our good friends over there at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Pella has uh, all these different lines. First of all, the, these different lines of, uh, of windows that they'll come out. They can, uh, for the free in-home consultation, by the way, free in-home consultation, they'll come out and they'll measure twice, three times. 
Then they send it off to the manufacturer where they're custom manufactured. They custom assemble, and then they come to your house, and in as little as a day, they can custom install, and they install year-round. So if you want them now, that's fine. Coming up in about six, seven weeks after they come out for the uh, initial free consultation, they'll come out to your house, measure it all up, and uh, then about six, seven, eight weeks, you'll have these windows. They'll be arriving at your house. And the best part about it is they can do them in as little as a day, and they're not going to open up your whole house. They're not going to knock out all the windows first and then put on, in all the windows second. They do it one room at a time. They cordon it off. You're not losing a ton of heat. It's not like it's going to cost you a ton of money that day. Uh, so don't worry about that. They can do that. They're all certified installers. They're all Pella certified. So you're not getting some jabroni that was just picked up out in front of a hardware store coming to put your windows in. Uh, and then, don't forget about it, that uh, as far as the national surveys go, Pella's been rated number one for highest value, highest quality, and the most preferred by homeowners, which is huge, like myself. I mean, I, I love the windows and doors that I have here at the house, and they're Pella windows and doors. And right now, uh, they can fit any budget and uh, and financing because they have five years, no interest, five months, no first payment. Five years, no interest, five months, no first payment. Uh, and the number one reason to, to get a hold of Pella windows and doors right now is because this deal ends at the end of the month. So get a hold of them. Go to PellaWI.com, P-E-L-L-A, PellaWI.com, or call them 855 855- Pella WI. That's 855 Pella WI and see for yourself. They're great people, great place. They have the experience centers in Green Bay, uh, in Brookfield, Wisconsin, and in Madison. Stop in there and they can set up the free in home consultation as well. But I encourage you, if you're looking at your windows right now and you're thinking, it's really cold walking past those windows right now, and you know what I'm talking about, now's the time to get a hold of our friends over at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. This portion of the Bill Michael Show brought to you by our good friends at Stenny's Second and National down there in Walker's Point. Good people. Award-winning Bloody Marys, fantastic stuff. That's our friends at Stenny's. Also, our friends at Wisconsin Harley-Davidson. Go to wishd.com. That is wishd.com. And uh, don't forget about also our friends over at the Social House, right there on um, on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. And I know they're doing a, a big expansion. The kitchen, while the indoor kitchen has been uh, is getting renovated, the outdoor uh, food truck there is alongside the building. They're getting the job done, and they continue to grow. Go in and say hi to Dan Dell and the whole gang over there on Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. That is the social house. And don't forget, they are the home of the cheese curd burger, which is fantastic. And in addition to that, they also, on Sundays, if you buy yourself a cocktail, mixed beverage, free pancakes. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. So check out the Social House. Social House, H-A-U-S, House, over there on uh, Lisbon Road in Menominee Falls. So uh, say hi to them uh, over there when you when you stop in. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, feel free to go ahead and do so. Again, 877-867-1670. Um, so here's something to think about. i got a lot of people that are arguing back and forth, Okay. A lot of people that are arguing back and forth. Well, Rogers stunk his first two years. No, he didn't. He didn't. Remember when he took over? They were coming off of a 13-3 and season. 
The NFC Championship game where, where Favre had focused on Donald Driver, tried to get it to him. Ryan Grant was wide open in the middle. Sound familiar? And uh, it gets picked off. The Giants kicked the field goal. It was over. Okay? Uh, then the bloodletting began because just like now, they had a lot of contracts they needed to get rid of. Okay? So the next year, Rodgers took over. Aaron Rodgers took over that team. His first full year under center. Ended up with a 93.8 quarterback rating. He threw 28 touchdowns, had 13 picks. Okay? Not a great season, but not bad. You could, you could see what he had. He threw for over 4,000 yards, too, by the way. The next year, he didn't suck. 103.2 quarterback rating. 4,400 yards, 30 touchdowns, 7 picks. He was good his second year. Really good. And he had better talent around him. The first year, didn't have much talent. And, oh, by the way, took him to the postseason in his second year. They got rid of a lot of guys after that 13-3 and season. And then Rodgers kind of went through that little bit of a rebuild, all that tumultuous offseason, and then, boom, second year, they found themselves in the postseason. So he didn't suck. And as far as Favre beating Rodgers, Favre didn't beat Rodgers. Favre beat a bad Packers defense. Rodgers kept him in a game. But Favre beat a bad Packers defense. I'll give you that. But don't. it's not like Favre was out-throwing Rodgers because he wasn't. Favre had a great season, had a really good team around him. But you are uh, blowing smoke up your own ass if you want to get into that comparison. You're trying to make something that isn't there and trying to justify it because it's not true. Those are the numbers. They don't lie. And if you remember watching that year, the one good thing about the team was the fact that you had Aaron Rodgers. I don't know what they're going to do with Rodgers. I know he gives you the best chance to win. Now, whether or not you're going to win in the postseason, we'll have to wait and see. The way I look at it is this. The way I look at it is this. If you make a change, make a change. I, I, I understand that. If that's what you want to do, I, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm always about what gives you the best chance to get to the postseason. Because if you keep knocking on the door, you're eventually going to knock the door down. You're eventually going to get there, right? That's that's what it is. So if if you're going to get rid of Aaron Rodgers and you're going to move on, okay, and I, I don't believe Jordan Love's the real deal. If you think he is, so be it. If you want to go on with Jordan Love and give him two, three years, you have to make a decision with Jordan Love, though, because you've got the end of that rookie deal coming up. So you're going to have to see him and say, yes, he's the future, or no, he's really not the guy we thought he was. So whatever you want to do, do. But what I'm saying is what I know for a fact is in this division, with what you have around you, new coaches in Minnesota, new coaches in Chicago, the establishment of Dan Campbell over in Detroit, teams that are trying to play catch-up, if you have Rodgers, it gives you the best chance to win the division and get into the postseason. And then let the chips fall where they may. Unfortunately, the chips have fallen out of the direction of the Green Bay Packers now for some time. So you decide what it is you think is going to be best for this team. What I say is there. if you get rid of Rodgers, the given is, yeah, you're going to win the division barring mass injury. If you get rid of Rodgers, there is no given anymore. Now you're like every other team that's trying to find the next guy. You're trying to find 
Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow or you know or or Justin Herbert. You're trying to find one of these guys because I don't believe you have that guy in your stable right now. So there's no guarantee. So it could be two years, four years, seven years, ten years. You don't know. If you're willing to take that risk and you don't want to, you know, that that's fine. But what I'm saying is, is I, I know that taking the sure bet and and keep knocking on that postseason door, it does a couple of things. One, it always gives you an opportunity, always gives you a chance, right? And secondly, and this is probably something a lot of people don't think about. It also keeps your money flowing in Green Bay. It also keeps that that money train going. For a team that does not have an owner, it keeps the money train going. Now, I'm not saying shortchange the team and just keep the quarterback because I don't want to do that either because you're just going to get there and you're not going to really have a shot or do anything. Then that that's crap too because then you're just beating your head against the wall because then you never have a chance to have that really crappy year where you get in the top ten, you get yourself those those good draft choices, and all of a sudden you can build your team back up via the draft. Okay, so I'm not I'm not going against that either, but you have to understand where you're at, and that's the that's the choice you have to make. Uh, Mr. Sailboat says, with the division being down, do you give Love a chance to win it because the competition is down? Um, Dennis says, did any Packer or LaFleur thank the fans? Yeah. Well, I mean, LaFleur said thank you to the fans. I mean, he didn't really say to the fans that were there. He just said to the fans in general, and he apologized for not winning. So, yeah, he did. And, I mean, Alan Lazard posted over on Instagram. Zadarius has posted. I, I think there was numerous players that posted thank you to the fans. To answer your question. David says, trade them away and begin the rebuild. For all that want to rebuild, look, if, if that's what the direction you want to go, okay, I, I'm fine with that. That's that's good. You just, that's the unknown. It could work out and be the greatest thing ever. And that's what you hope for. Or it could be where you don't find a quarterback and you get talent and year after year after year, you have talent, but you don't have a quarterback to lead them. And suddenly, you know, you're you're nothing more than the Bears. You know, so think about that. And by the way, if you and and this is where people uh, get off the rails with Devonte Adams and Aaron, you bring up a really good point. If you, what do you think they do with Devonte Adams? Devonte Adams has said well, he wants to get paid. Okay, he was looking for anywhere from $25 to $29 million a year. Okay, he wants to get paid. However, he stated it again. I go back to that NFL Network interview that he did over the weekend. He stated that his career will not be complete unless he wins a Super Bowl and wants to go to a team, wants to be with a team that is vying for Super Bowls year after year. So if you're going to tell him, by the way, you're in the midst of a rebuild – Jordan Love's going to be the guy. We're going to wait and see what he is. And if he's not the guy, we're going to find a new quarterback. You've, it doesn't matter what a level of money you pay him. If you give him $29 million and some other team's going to give him 26 but he has a shot to win a championship, he's probably going to go there. Ultimately, money talks. Don't get me wrong. If you paid him $30 million, he's probably staying. But 
Yeah, I uh, I would venture to say that unless you know that uh, you're going to have a legitimate shot at winning a championship, I would say that uh, Devontae Adams is not. And you're not going to pay him $26 million on a team in which you don't think you have a legitimate shot to even win the division. That it's going to be iffy if you're going to win the division. Why Why waste that money? And if Rodgers is not going to be here, I can't imagine Devontae Adams coming back. But it's all about the money. Stay tuned. we got a lot more. A lot more. Good, good points today for all of you chiming in over in the Bud Light live stream. Good, good points. Stay tuned. we got more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. show we continue on and uh, thanks to our friends over there at uh, epoxy flooring done right talk to sean this morning as a matter of fact and uh, sean is the uh, the owner over there and i was telling him i said you know hey it's uh, kind of getting time uh, i want to think about doing the uh, the my uh, garage floor and i said how cold can you do he said we can do it now we can all do it all the way up to 20 below zero uh, so no problem so i'm thinking about getting the garage floor done and he said that people continue to call. I keep telling him about telling people about my uh, the floor down in my my gym, and the difference. I got to put a video together of of that whole process because it was fantastic. But if you're looking, if you're thinking about it right now, think about your driveway. Think about your your garage floor, full of salt, full of snow, full of crap, all that sand, all that stuff sitting in your in your garage floor right now. Think about how easy it would be as if you just backed the car out and you had one of those glossy finishes. A little bit roughed up, but a glossy finish with different colors, almost made it look like marble or something, swirled it, and it just brushed right off. No problem. No problem. Think about that. Epoxy flooring done right. Or a floor in a showroom. Maybe you're a small business owner. You want your floor in your showroom done. Or maybe you're industrial. Or how about a, a car dealer? They can do it all. They can do it all. Industrial all the way right down to your garage floor, or maybe even a room in your house like a basement floor. They can do that as well, just like I did. Uh, all you got to do is call Sean, 262-443-2852, 262-443-2852, or go to epoxyflooringdonewright.com. Epoxy floor coating, polyurea floor coating, whatever it is. They can even paint the room for you. They do painting as well. Call them, 262-443-2852, 262-443-2852, or epoxyflooringdonewright.com. That's epoxyflooringdonewright.com. Give them a shout. Um, what else do we got here? This is from, uh, who's this from? This is from Christopher. Christopher says, uh, hey, unit, uh, I don't necessarily believe in Jordan Love. Who do you think they should trade for, or do they trade up in the draft to get a quarterback this year? No. There's not really that many good quarterbacks in the draft this year. As a matter of fact, um, there is not, is it the kid out of Alabama? Ben, is it the kid out of Alabama that's projected to go like mid first round? And, he's a sophomore uh, this year, so he's okay. not eligible. Who am I, who am I thinking of? Matt is Corral, it, it, Ole Miss. There's Kenny Pickett yeah, maybe that's from what Pittsburgh. It is. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, and then Malik Willis from Liberty, but he's kind of yeah. raw. The kid from uh, the kid from Ole Miss. That's who I'm thinking of. Um, but I think the first overall pick right now seems to be the uh, defensive end out of uh, out of Michigan. But that that's or it. the kid from Oregon. 
Thibodeau. Yeah, or the kid from Oregon, you're true. But, but yeah, there's quarterbacks are not a plenty this year. Not at all. So if you're going to, you know, this is the year that you go and look for others. You know, your wide receivers, your defensive linemen, uh, your offensive linemen, you know, especially players, stuff like that. But, uh, but yeah, you don't even have a wide receiver or a running back going with a first pick overall, at least projection-wise. Haven't we but, gotten to the point in society where drafting running backs top five, people realize it's not smart? Um, right. I Look, the the running backs in the NFL, it used to be the commodity where you went after that guy and he was your – but that's when the run game was prevalent. Now it's your – it's it's your quarterback and then your offensive line and your specialty players. That's it. Uh, it's it's um, that that there's really not much more to it than that. Um, that uh, Aiden Hutchinson, I think, is the kid uh, who I'm thinking of out of Michigan. And then after that, it's it's kind of a crapshoot. You know, like you mentioned, the kid out of Oregon, um, but it's it's kind of a crapshoot. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixty. Not that I want to get too heavy into the draft. Not that I want to get too heavy into the draft, but you get what I'm saying. Oh, when's your mock draft coming out, though? Yeah, my mock draft isn't going to be for anytime soon. Just so you know. You should start an OnlyFans and just release mock drafts every day. <laughs> just right. Um. Yeah. They. Uh, let's see here. Who else? Um. This is from Marcy, who says, uh, is there anybody good? Look, I, I'm sorry, Marcy. I don't want to get into all this draft talk. We're not even done with the season yet. I really don't. I don't want to get into all the draft talk. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. The draft talk doesn't do me anything right now. Just no! Right now. No! <laughs> uh, Thibodeau, that's the kid that I'm thinking of out of Oregon, right? Thibodeau? Yeah. Okay, because uh, I know that uh, one of them is uh, that Evan Neal kid, uh, the big offensive tackle out of Alabama. Um, but it's it's a lot of offensive linemen tackles uh, at the top of the draft. Uh, if I remember watching some of these, uh, it was I think it was Mel Kiper the other day that was on ESPN, and I was watching him and he was talking about that. Uh, but you, you don't even like I don't even know if there's a wide receiver in the top ten uh, that people are going for. I know that Drake London. The kid out of uh, USC was rated highly, but I don't even know. Um, um, Jamison Williams I, from Alabama. He'll probably be top 15. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, I will say this, uh, because we know A.J. Dillon is the sauce. There's another guy, that kid uh, out of Cincinnati. The corner out of Cincinnati calls himself the sauce. He's another one that Kobe, could end up. Kobe Bryant? The sauce? Oh, Gardner. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Gar- oh, is it Gardner? Gardner. Kid out of, yeah, Cincinnati. Ahmad Gardner. Um, by the way, Malik Willis, the quarterback out of Liberty, who you had mentioned, he's the guy that's the highest rated quarterback. Yeah, I'm just kind of looking at this. He's going to be that combine guy where everyone sees him throw yeah. without any pads on and sees him run right. a 40, and then people will fall in love. Right. Uh, I just, um, you had mentioned Kenny Pickett, the kid out of, out of Pitt. Um, but uh, who's the other guy? There's um, Sam Howell, Matt Corral, Matt Corral, oh, Matt Corral. Corral. That's the other one out of out of Ole Miss. That's the guy I was thinking of. But yeah, there's when it comes to all of this, it's like, yeah, you know, Jack Cohn from not, Notre Dame. 
Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I put down $100 with my buddy two and a half years ago that Cone would be drafted. So I'm trying to boost the stock as high as I can. Oh. <laughs> just by talking about it? Yeah. And I tweet uh, about it like every day. I just I I can't even wrap my brain around the the NFL draft right now. I can't even go I can't even go there. I know people are talking about the offseason what the Packers are going to need to do. I know that's going to be popular, but uh right now you're not even sure what you're going to be doing uh in in the realm of because remember Rodgers said he wanted to make his decision prior to free agency and free agency doesn't free agency start prior to the NFL draft now because they changed the rules. So now you've got the you, you've got uh, the uh, the NFL draft after the beginning of free agency, so you'll know you'll know what you need because there's going to be whether or not Rodgers first again it goes back to what we said yesterday. Does Rodgers want to play? Yes or no? Then will he take a pay cut? Can you even afford him uh, with without anything right now? Yeah, because March 16th is free agency. Thank you very much. March 16th begins free agency. Um, because they flee used to be a free agency began right around the time of the draft or there shortly thereafter. And now it's actually prior to, so guys can change the money can change. And then all of a sudden, you know what your specific needs are as you continue on. But I agree. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away. Uh, this is boy. Today's show is flying by flying by stay tuned. We got a lot more of the bill Michael show. It's coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers players cleaning out their lockers. They met with coaches and said goodbye to teammates yesterday at Lambeau Field. As many as 13 players will become unrestricted free agents. Can the defense still be good next year? Linebacker Rashawn Gary. Yeah, my confidence in the defense and the guys that, you know, we have and that I know that's coming back is... You know, everybody know the standard. Nothing's going to change from this year to next year. The only thing that's going to change is us improving what we need to improve on and getting better and needing to finish where we need to finish. Packers running back A.J. Dillon had to leave the 49ers game Saturday night after suffering a hit to the chest on special teams. Yeah, I ended up uh, fracturing one of my ribs. You know, it was tough. Uh, never really, uh, knock on wood, but really haven't had to deal with any injuries uh, throughout my career at all. Aaron Rodgers said over the weekend he did not want to be a part of a team rebuilding its roster. Matt LaFleur says that won't be the case. There's no plan for a rebuild. You know, you get this close. Obviously, we won a lot of football games, and we know in order for there not to be that, he's got to be a part of this thing. So I don't think that's anybody's intention. That's Packers head coach Matt LaFleur in Green Bay. I'm Mike Clemens on the Bill Michaels Show. Rachel Hotmeyer from NBC 26 is going to be joining us after the top of the hour. Stay tuned for that. And Mike Clemens, our guy on the ground in Green Bay all season long, has been brought to you by our good friends over there at the Bay Motel Green Bay. Bay Motel Green Bay. Quiet, cozy, comfortable, clean. And uh, it's a terrific place. Uh, They treat you like family over there. Speaking of family, they have uh, homestyle cooking. Seven days a week at the Bay Family Restaurant. Right there on South Military Avenue in Green Bay, 
Call them today for reservations if you're heading into the area. 920-494-3441. 920-494-3441. And, and go check it out. Or just simply go to baymotelgreenbay.com. That is baymotelgreenbay.com. That's baymotelgreenbay.com. There you go. There you go. Uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, feel free. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. Um, John says, can we at least talk about the draft coming through my windows? You bet. You bet. It's our friends at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. They can help you Just out. see how he responds to the load. Check out the load. Got to be careful on the load. We all know that. Right? You bet. There you have it. Uh, 877-867-1670. This is from Max. Uh, by the way, you can shoot us an email. TheBillMichaels at gmail.com. TheBillMichaels at gmail.com. Uh, would the Packers consider firing Matt LaFleur after three straight trips to the postseason, two NFC Championship games, uh, this is what he wants to know. Uh, and he has choked in each one of them. What do you think about just getting there and not doing anything after you get there? The answer to that is no. No. And, and here's part of the reason why. All you got to do is go back and look at the, the Green Bay Packers over the last couple of years. They were 6-9-1, and one, if I recall, because they had a tie that year. 6-9-1. and one before Matt LaFleur took over. The very next year, 13-3, and 13-3, and, and then this year, 13-4. and four. Two years prior, NFC Championship games. No, you're not, you're not cutting loose Matt LaFleur. I mean, you, you give him more of a chance than that. Look, you're, you're cutting loose guys that don't get to the postseason or guys that look inept. Matt LaFleur doesn't look inept. He choked in, in, in this game against San Francisco, 100%. But again, if you got guys that continually knock on the door, eventually you knock the door down. But there is no way, no way you're letting go of Matt LaFleur. That'd be crazy. That would be, that would be, that would be absolutely bananas. I mean, people went nuts when they got rid of Ray Rhodes and the team was 8-8. Eight and eight. You you got a guy that wins 13 games each year, and all of a sudden you want to fire him? No, no. This team, what this team needs is um, a better special teams coach, a dedication to the depth for special teams, and a retooling. That's it. You're not rebuilding. None of that. I still think if it wasn't, put it this way, if it wasn't for all of this salary cap stuff, Say this team had $10 million under the cap, and you could pretty much keep the band together and add another piece or two. I think, I, I think you're back next year doing exactly the same thing. You're sitting there with 13 or 14 wins. You have home, home field advantage, and the, the likelihood of you getting bounced is, is probably pretty nil. 
Um, this is something that I have talked about, and I can't imagine it. Um, but Al says, hey, Unit, do you think they will ever put a dome on Lambeau Field? It is not proving to be the home field advantage we thought it was because of the cold. The answer to that is no. I don't think they ever will. I don't think they ever will. A couple callers yesterday that couldn't get through had that take and said Aaron Rodgers and the West Coast offense can't succeed in the cold, so they can't win until they build the dome. It it is. um, It's an interesting take. No, I get it because you look at a place like Detroit, you look at a place like Minnesota, uh, but look at a place like Buffalo. Buffalo is a a cold-weather place. Uh, New England, so successful for so long, cold-weather place. And they had a passing quarterback. They always had good run games, but they also also had very good defenses and good leadership. You know, you can win anywhere if you have good players and good leadership. And, you know, it's just... No, the, it's first of all, it's way too expensive. It's way too expensive to put a dome on that stadium. And, and to heat it, no, you're not going to do that. You're not going to be able to put a dome on that stadium that would then be sealed enough to where it's heated, much like you're in Detroit or in Minnesota. You're not, you're not doing that. You're basically knocking down Lambeau Field and rebuilding it. I mean, I'm sure anything can be retrofitted, but no, it's... That's not going to happen. Just not going to happen. Two hours down, two hours yet to go. Rachel Hotmeyer, NBC 26, going to be here. Going to talk with her about uh, the end of the season, get her take on all of this. want to say uh, thanks to our friends over there at Roberts Specialty Meats in Waukesha. Paul Roberts is fantastic, and uh, I am heading down there today. Uh, I am considering the ribs on a stick. I'm just in the mood for some ribs. So I'm going to do the ribs on a stick, but he's your hometown butcher, man. Go to robertspecialtymeetswaukesha.com. That's robertspecialtymeetswaukesha.com. Great stuff down there. Whether it's the ribs or the Al Capone roast, he's got it all, man. Check out Robert Specialty Meats. Hang in there. Rachel Hotmeyer, NBC 26, next. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.